In this episode, you'll hear clips of the songs composed and performed as part of the project Sonido del Agua. You can find the whole album on the BC Workshop SoundCloud. Just go to SoundCloud and search Building Community Workshop. Pido permiso primero para empezar a cantar. Hi there, this is A Little Louder, a podcast for wonks, housers, and rabble-rousers, where we talk about fair housing, community development, and how we can use these issues to build people power and work toward equity and justice. I'm Christina Rosales. And I'm John Henneberger. And today is part two of El Sonido del Agua. So if you haven't listened to part one, which was our last episode, stop now. Go back and listen to it, and come back. We'll be right here waiting for you. But let's get started. Part two. Last episode, we talked about the drainage campaign led by Colonia residents in the Rio Grande Valley. It was a successful campaign, as you probably heard in the last episode, but there's still so much more to do. We wanted to talk about their efforts to expand knowledge about drainage issues and the plight of people dealing with flooding, and their calls to action via song. John, I think song and art has a storied position in the history of movement work. So do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it certainly does, Christina. The uh, John L. Lewis, the head of the uh, United Mine Workers, said in the 1930s that a singing army is a winning army. And that really is true. Uh, the labor movement, the civil rights movement, both leaned very heavily on song as a uh, as a tool to unify people and to storytell. And the civil rights movement in particular had a school called the the Highlander School, the Highlander Folk School that essentially encouraged people to sit around, talk about issues and then make art to unify and to bring people together and speak of their struggles and aspirations, right? And songs were central to uh, to Highlander. It was a uh, it was a social change organization, a school, a place for people to come together and talk about the problems that they're facing and find common ground for solutions. And it was in Appalachia, where there's a tr- rich tradition of folk music being very important in people's lives, and church music also being very important in people's lives. People understood problems. People understood core beliefs in terms of, uh, of song. And, you know, I think we do today as well in a, in a, in a more secular way for, the most, for most people, but um, song remains very important and, and a primary way of telling stories and of unifying people around key concepts. The, the Highlander approach uh, tried to use song as an attempt to arouse support and sympathy around a particular social or political problem. It might be union organizing, it might be civil rights, uh, you know, a whole variety of problems. But it was this it was this way of getting support and sympathy and, and a way of reinforcing a value structure that people already had. And that, that's the religious tradition of song. You know, the song is obviously essential in church, and you can appeal and rekindle people's notion about what their core values and beliefs are, 
again, by appealing to song. It also, you know, it, it has this incredibly dynamic role. And I don't know if you've ever stood in a protest line or engaged in a march down the street with a large group of people. But when song breaks out, there's immediate cohesion and solidarity. And the morale of the people in that line, in that uh, march, begins to, to soar. It's also a way that we speak not to just to people who believe in what we believe, but it's a way that we articulate to a broader public a message. You know, certainly if you think about the effect of we shall overcome and the line we shall not be moved, that was an appeal not just to the people who were sitting down at the lunch counter or sitting down in front of, uh, in front of police or whatever the particular civil rights event was, but it was a way to say to the potential supporters and to the general public, we are taking a stand, join us. So song is this incredibly unifying, motivating, empowering, reinforcing device. And it doesn't stop with the civil rights movement or workers' uh, rights movement. The Hispanic community has a very rich history of using song to express difficulty and to bring everyday life to the forefront so that people understand what it means to live in these shoes. And one big example of that kind of music is called conjunto music. And, I mean, we just talked about how music has this unifying ability. Well, conjunto translates to group, ensemble, together. Um, and it originated in the late 19th century in South Texas. So it has Mexican roots for sure, but it's also a mashup of German and Czech styles with that accordion and very uh, lively beat. And it also has this history of being used for uh, you know the working class Mexican and Mexican-American people in South Texas to come together, dance on the weekends, and, uh, and sing together. And to tell stories. These are not just catchy tunes and instrumental uh, devices to get people moving and dancing. They're also a way to, they're ballads that express stories and parables of the struggle. Uh, you know, I think of the, uh, the ballad of Gregorito Cortez is the, probably the most famous song to come out of South Texas of that genre. And it talked about um, the, relation, the, the struggle between uh, uh, lower-income uh, Tejano ranchers and the Texas Rangers. And it, through the story of one person who was forced to take violent action in order to resist oppression by the Rangers, it's, it's a very powerful ballad and story and a very radical uh, social thought that's conveyed in a really beautiful and, uh, and, and appealing way. Yeah, the ballad of Gregorio Cortes takes the specific and brings out the, the themes of inequality and oppression. And I think similar to blues and traditional country music, conjunto music and corridos, they tell these specific stories and they capture the plight and suffering of everyday life of the working class, but their music has these uniting themes that can move people in an emotional way. So in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, a few groups, Lupe 
Arise, Texas Housers and BC Workshop got together with the Narciso Martinez Cultural Arts Center in uh, the Rio Grande Valley, and they put together a project called Sonido del Agua. And the goal was to write corridos rooted in the experience of people in the colonias and their, their struggle with flooding, and then use the music uh, as a call to action. Josue Ramirez, who used to be the Texas Housers Rio Grande Valley co-director, talks about the initial idea for the process. This project was uh, really aiming to continue mobilizing residents around uh, drainage equity. Uh, by this time, um, by the time the residents were working on it, we had already achieved tremendous amounts of important changes. Individual projects and individual communities getting, you know, infrastructure to policy changes and the way that um, the drainage district was starting to talk about drainage equity and drainage in general in the colonias and wanted to think of a way of how can we continue this momentum that we've gained and continue to kind of draw attention to the issues that, you know, that persist, right? How do we continue furthering what we have and speaking about it in different, in different ways and engaging residents in different ways? Okay, let's let's tell the story of community organizing around drainage through the corridos, which is you know, well, a type of uh, music, a conjunto music that's uh, sang in the region and that's very popular among the communities that we serve and talk uh, about drainage and in this musical aspect, but not only have residents, you know, be a part of the storytelling, but also have them be a part of the music making. Lizzie McWillie, Associate Director of BC Workshop, talks about what this process meant. We selected the four musicians um, and set out to do a series of workshops with residents in the two colonias that Lupe and Arise were both already working in. We scheduled the first couple of workshops uh, with the colonias and we did something that we call community audited public space, or in this case, uh, colonia audited public space, where we develop a series of worksheets that identify specific issues in this case mostly around flooding and the impact that flooding has on things like housing quality but also the roads and issues with litter issues with standing water and um, mosquitoes and those kinds of things and so we have these worksheets we go out into the colonia with the worksheets and the residents and the organizers and talk about what has happened on the streets where these folks are, are living and talk about specific places, specific incidents, not only of the condition at the time that we were doing the walk, but also in the past. So for instance, um, taking a walk uh, down one of the blocks and having, and a resident would say, you know, this is a place where when it floods, the water collects and um, mosquitoes thrive or this is a place where um, this person's house was underwater and um, the, their pets had to stand on top of their cars in order to avoid you know, drowning. So to be able to talk about 
um, the situations and the kind of consequences or the impact that the flooding has had in the places you know, that are actually being described. We found that this process is kind of a different way and sometimes more effective way of being able to tell a story or um, talk about something that's happened when you're actually in the place rather than sitting around a table in a conference room or you know, in a meeting, but to actually be able to physically be in that space that's being talked about. After the auditing, we sat down with residents and the musicians that had been selected and the residents started to write testimonials and the testimonials were about their specific experiences with flooding, talking about how it impacted their ability to get to work or for their children to be picked up to go to school or on their pets who were outside when the rain happened and when the flooding started. Those testimonials were then collected and then the musicians took those as starting points for starting to write their songs. And then we had another workshop where all of the residents who had written testimonials got together, shared what they had written, and started writing a collective song together. So all of the musicians each wrote their own original piece that was based on what they'd heard the residents share through their testimonials, through the auditing process, through conversations. The musicians took that, wrote their own piece, and then the colonias together, they each wrote their own song that the musicians then put to music. Corría el año 2015, oigan lo que sucedió. En la ciudad de Edimburgo, presente lo tengo yo, la colonia Alberta Medus, bajo el agua se quedó. I'd like to play you an interview with Andrea Landeros, a community organizer with Arise, as she facilitates an audit of drainage infrastructure in Alberta Meadows. In this area, Tenemos que hacer observaciones si la mayoría de las casas tienen jardín con plantas o pastos. No. Mi nombre es Andrea Landeros, soy organizadora comunitaria en Organización Arise. ¿Y qué estamos viendo aquí? Ahorita lo que estamos viendo es este... Um, Tenemos un mapa de la, de la comunidad y estamos identificando este, uh, si hay este, invenciones de, de baches, hoyos, zanjas y dónde se podría acumular el agua. Andrea is going through the audit. She's asking, where are there ditches or where are there potholes where water accumulates or where water can be dangerous? She's asking whether there are places for kids to play safely or whether there is lighting in the community. I asked her questions about what the project was like, and here's what she had to say. Pues el, el sonido del agua es un proyecto que expone ¿verdad? la realidad que pasan las familias que están expuestas o que son impactadas cuando hay una tormenta, un huracán. Este, um, y todo lo, lo she que says Sonido del Agua este, is a project that details the story of, of people's lives as they endure 
flooding and and destruction after a storm or a hurricane. What she really likes about this project is that it tells the stories, but it also serves as an invitation to the community, to the listener, to take part, to organize, and to demand solutions. She says it, it really calls on them to join the movement, and in the process they can lift their voices in public meetings and with public officials. And as they take part in this process, they learn to advocate for what they need. She says what's really fun about it is that it uses art to explain the problem. Y también es un proceso divertido, ¿verdad? <laughs> bueno, me gusta mucho porque usan el, el, el arte para exponer la problemática, ¿verdad? Este, el, y este, y uh, es una forma um, bastante creativa de cómo exponer este, lo, las preocupaciones de la comunidad. <música> Ya es bendición, pero con buena estructura la gente sería feliz todos los días que Dios nos mande el agua y alegres estaremos. Alberta Ramirez, who is one of the organizers for La Unión del Pueblo Entero, talks about how using song to uh, to explain the issues uh, uses this very everyday medium that people understand and and like and to express the story, but also to broaden the movement. Bueno. El sonido del agua viene siendo, ¿verdad?, de que todo el proceso que se llevó para solucionar lo de, lo de las inundaciones en mi colonia, lo hicimos este, reflejado en, eh, como en historia, como en un corrido. Pensamos de cómo llevar el mensaje a las demás comunidades. Y pues de una manera sería uh, pues en forma de un corrido, que es lo más normal, ¿verdad?, que se vive cuando pasa una historia. Quieres darla a conocer, quieres dar a saber, y para mí esto era importante, ¿verdad? saberlo. Como si lo hacemos en juntas, pues muchas veces las personas no tienen tiempo para ir a las juntas. Ah, en, bolet, en volantes, pues muchas de las veces los tiran y no les ponen atención. Y dijimos, pues hay que hacerlo de una manera de que puedan escucharlo. Y se nos ocurrió la forma de un corrido. Porque si vas trabajando, vas para tu trabajo, a la tienda, donde sea, pones tu CD y escuchas la música uh -huh. y al mismo tiempo estás escuchando el mensaje de cómo solucionar los problemas en nuestras comunidades. Alberta says, if you're advocating in meetings, well, some people don't have time to go to meetings. With flyers, sometimes people throw them away and they never get to see them. She says, we had to do this in a way that people have to pay attention, people have to listen, and the corrido was the way to do that. You can put the CD on when in your car when you go to the store, when you go to work. And at the same time, you're listening to the message of how you can solve community problems like drainage. Here's Lizzie McWillie again from BC Workshop reflecting on the process. 
at first, you know, there was a little bit of like, well, I'm not sure what to do. I don't know how to do this. But very quickly, people seemed to feel pretty comfortable starting to write down their experiences, their memories, their feelings about flooding and and what that had what that means to them, what flooding has has done to change or or have a negative impact on the their quality of life or their day to day. And I think part of that probably also comes from the fact that they are organizers and you know leaders in their community and have been working together on advocating to address not only drainage infrastructure but other um, infrastructure related issues um, that their colonias have faced. It was also really exciting to see how how willing everyone was to to try something new, um, especially when you're talking about the arts or doing something in the arts where the connection to whatever that topic is might not be immediately clear. Mm-hmm. Like, why, if we're trying to get new drainage infrastructure in our community, like, why would we spend time writing songs? But it seemed like everyone was kind of interested and excited about the possibility of having a new tool that could help with or contribute to or be a part of the next phase of the drainage campaigns or other infrastructural campaigns. Josue Ramirez is an artist and an organizer, and he thinks art can change people's hearts and minds and therefore change policy. Music and visual language help us um, express and to get at really at ethos, right? Is what we're trying to get at. We're not trying to get explained. So we're not getting through logic. We're trying to get you to get at something to feel a type of way, right? And ultimately, that's what translates into policy. It's like, you know, how you feel about a certain something. That is what ends up being law and what ends up being the norms. And and so what artists really are trying to challenge is like the way you feel about something. And so when you get enough people to change the way they feel about something, that's when you get policy change. And that's when you get, you know, cultural change. And But it starts with these very small, like, and these very... Um, you know, what is what often seem like insignificant type of like uh, movements or like uh, actions, um, but that really culminate to like a larger wave that the crest is really like the policy, but you know, there was so much that came beforehand that allowed that to happen. Refugio Ortiz is one of the writers of one of the corridos on the album. And I asked him, what is it that music can do that speaking or or spoken advocacy can't. And he said that music gets to people's ears faster. They they hear it and they listen and they process faster with music. He said that with corridos in particular, they are rooted in place. They often talk about a city or a person or a specific place. And people kind of put themselves there and they, they pay attention to what the singer has to say. La música lo que pasa que llega más rápido, ¿verdad? Los oídos de las personas, este, tiene mucha fuerza, vaya, a través de la música de los corridos sobre todo. Y en los corridos pues viene también el lugar, donde fue, y la gente muchas veces este, le pone más atención. When I asked Alberta Ramirez of Lupe what was next as far as advocating infrastructure equity in her colonia, Oasa Acres, 
she said that public lighting, street lighting, is the next step. Bueno, ahorita mi propósito, que ya empecé, ¿verdad? Ya terminé con lo del drenaje. Ahora estoy este, para la luz pública, o sea, afuera, las calles, la luz. Porque pues se va por, como me dijeron en el condado cuando fuimos una vez, ¿verdad? se va paso a paso. Primero hay que solucionar lo del agua, del drenaje, y luego ya podemos con lo de la luz. Y, y eso es lo que, lo que ahorita, ese es mi segundo propósito. De que haya luz en mi colonia, sí. afuera en las calles. And then I asked her if she'd be willing to write a song about lighting. She laughed and she said yes, if the opportunity arises. ¿Quiere uh, escribir otra canción <laughs> sobre las luces? Sobre las luces, uh, pues sí. Si, si se da la oportunidad, puede ser que sí. <laughs> Christina, we've been talking about music and the power of song, and I know that you have a beautiful voice and often sing in the church choir. So to take us out this time, I'm wondering, would you sing a song of protest and struggle for our listeners? Okay, so I will oblige. Uh, one of the songs of the causa is De Colores. It is a Mexican folk song that is sung at the church, but it's also it was also used for the United Farm Workers movement. De colores, de colores se visten los campos en la primavera. De colores, de colores son los pajaritos que vienen de afuera. Musicians you heard in this episode are Frutoso Villarreal, Jonathan Salinas, Refugio Ortiz, and Juan Alejo. Es el arco iris que vemos lucir, y por eso los grandes amores de muchos colores me gustan a mí. Y por eso los grandes amores de muchos colores me gustan a mí.